Hello, and welcome to the River of Life podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. We have, is that of a prison ministry. Uh, we have a couple different types of prison ministries. We have one that's a well-established ministry in Franklin County. Uh, we go once a month. Uh, Phil, I'd like for you and your team going today to come and join me here at the front. We want to pray over, over you. You guys just come and stand right here at the front. And uh, by the way, n- not too long ago, I know I went with you and we baptized that day. How many? 21, I believe. Wow. All right, hang on. All right, how many? 21. 20, okay, we baptized 21 that day. And so, so this team uh, leading people to Christ, uh, people are getting saved, and are we back on here? Is that How many are you baptizing today? There's 14 planned, and we'll add to it. 14 planned, and some will be saved today. And so, so this is a very, very fruitful ministry. This may be the strangest request you've ever heard from this pulpit, but I do believe the Lord's in it. I want everybody in the house who's ever been in prison or in jail and somebody came and ministered to you, I want you to come up here and pray over them because you know how to pray over them. I want you to come right now. Come on. If you've ever been in jail, you've ever been in prison, uh, and somebody came and ministered to you, I want you all just stand right across the front facing them, and you're going to lay hands on them, and you're going to pray for them. All right? Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 All right, house, I want you to lift your voices. We're going to pray together. Father, thank you that you're still in the soul-saving, life-changing business. Thank you that you're still redeeming. And thank you that you never give up on any of us, Lord. And thank you that you've given us a heart to go into the prisons. And Lord, I thank you for this group standing here that somebody came and ministered to them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now they're praying and becoming a part of the prayer team of a ministry going back into the prison. Lord, I pray right now as we lay our hands upon these men that there will be a high heavenly and holy anointing upon them that the very presence of Jesus will go with them, that this day, more than 14, will be baptized, that souls will be saved and lives will be changed. And Father, we're reminded today of those words you said. You said, uh, your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, said, I was in prison and you visited me. And they said, when? And you said, as you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. So, Lord, as a service to you and as love for you, we go today. Bless these men. Lord, we pray that next Sunday there will be a glaring and glowing and glorious uh, report of what you did this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Wow. Amen. Wow. I don't know whether to preach or give an invitation. 
Please open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3, verse 24. And this morning our text will be uh, 1 John 3, 24 through chapter 4, verse 6. The title of the message today is Knowing, and that's not a long title, but it really does uh, reveal the heart of this passage and what John is trying to say to us as we continue our study through the book of 1 John as we think on this last apostle who uh, penned uh, those final words in the Bible. He talks a lot about knowing, and four times in the text that I'm about to read to you, He talks about knowing. There are at least four things he wants us to know uh, in this text. And again, that's 1 John 3. We'll begin in verse 24. Uh, Let me give you the four things so that you can look for them as we go through the text. He's saying, I want you to know that we are children of God. I want you to know that there are deceivers in the world. I want you to know that we have overcome the world. And I want you to know that we speak a different language. Now, those are the four things that we'll look at today, and so let's just get started on the first one, and that is John is saying to them, know that you are a child of God. It's very important if you are a child of God to know that you are a child of God. Recently, I was playing golf with another pastor in this county, and he and I were fellowshipping together, and we were talking about the Bible and and the things of the Lord, and he was sharing with me what he was preaching on. I was sharing with him what I was preaching on. And when I told him that I was preaching through the book of 1 John, this pastor said to me, I love the book of 1 John. And then he said to me, he said, anytime I'm dealing with somebody who's struggling with the assurance of salvation, not sure whether they are saved or they are not saved, he said, I always recommend to them the book of 1 John. He said, that's the book I recommend. And he said, when you read through the book of 1 John, if you're honest with yourself and honest with the scriptures that you're reading, by the time you finish, you will know if you are a child of God or not. And so what we have, and he was correct, so what we have here is this last apostle John under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit giving us unmistakable, many unmistakable ways of knowing that we are children of God when you read through this book. Now, our text today deals with at least one of those, and I'll read verses, verse 24 first. He says, Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him, and by this we know, there the word is, by this we know that he abides in us, By the Spirit whom He has given to us. He says we know that He abides in us. We know that we are children of God by His Spirit that He has given to us. Now this is not the only time John will make that statement in the book of 1 John. Uh, Perhaps next week we'll reach this. 1 John 4.13 says almost the same thing. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us. Because he has given us of his spirit. You see, it is the indwelling, inhabiting presence of the Holy Spirit 
that you and I have within us that can give us that assurance that we are children of God. Someone may say to you, I'm not sure of my salvation. Can you help me? You could say to that person or ask that person, do you attend church? Have you made a profession of faith? Have you been baptized? And those would be good questions, but there is a better question when somebody is struggling with the assurance of salvation. Do you have the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit in your heart? Is the Spirit of God within you? Do you know that the Holy Spirit lives within you? Because, friends, if the Spirit of God is in you, you can know. By this we know that He abides in us because He has given us His Spirit. Now, I'll tell you, when you put those two together, uh, those verses, by the Spirit whom He has given us, the first one says, and the second one says, He has given us of His Spirit. You see, this is God's Spirit. You need to understand today, this is pretty significant, that the Holy Spirit is His Spirit. It belongs to Him. It's His possession. He's the owner. It's not of earth. It's from the glory land. It's from heaven above. You see, the moment you got saved, the moment you invited the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart, God gave you something that belongs to Him. God gave you His very own Spirit. God put something inside of you that belongs to Him. I rejoice with you today as we think about that time which will come in all of our lives when we leave this world and we go to heaven. And that assurance that we're going to heaven is a wonderful assurance. But I want to tell you something, friends. I rejoice greatly today to tell you that even before you get to heaven, if you are a child of God, you have some of heaven abiding in you. He's already given you His Spirit. And by this we know, because we have His Spirit. I want to share this with you. I'm not preaching for the purpose of causing you to doubt your salvation. But you may have walked down an aisle, you may have made a profession of faith, you may have been baptized, and you may have started to work in the church. But if the Holy Spirit did not come in to live within you and to abide within you and to speak to you and direct you, then you are not a child of God. See, in salvation, the Spirit of the Lord comes in. And I tell you the truth by experience through my whole life, that it is knowing that the Spirit abides within you. It makes all the difference in the world. I I could give you a thousand illustrations. Let me give you one. There uh, was an occasion, this has probably been ten years ago now, that uh, there was an individual, and I got into a deep theological debate with this individual. And we were on opposite sides of the issue. And, And the more this individual talked, the more I realized I was right. And I knew I was right. How many of you just know you're right? Yeah. How many of you know you're right even when you're not right? You know you're right. I mean, I just knew I was right. I was positive. I had the Word of God to stand on. I had Scripture in verse. And, And this person stated their case. And then I opened my mouth to take them down. 
I had the convincing scripture. I had the truth. I had the theological understanding. And I opened my mouth to win the victory. But before I could say a word, the Holy Spirit inside of me said, I'm serious, I'm not making this up. The Holy Spirit said, you'll sleep better tonight if you lose. I thought, my goodness, but I'm right. (laughs) But you will sleep better tonight if you lose. And it is totally contrary to my nature. It is true what you've always heard about redheads. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. But I said, okay, I surrender. And I knew I was right. But that night, when I put my head on my pillow, oh, the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit. I still knew I was right. I still knew I was right. But I also knew that the Holy Spirit had spoken to me, that there was a force, a spirit, a love, a care, a concern, a guidance that was in me that was not of this world and not in alignment with my human nature that was correcting me to do the right thing even though it didn't seem like the right thing. I slept like a baby. I had no doubt about my salvation because the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. And I want to tell you, when I woke up, this is the truth. I forgot all about it. Days later, I ran into this individual. And you know what they said to me? They said, I'm glad I saw you because I got back in the Word. And I just love this. They said, you were right. I found the scripture, and you were absolutely right. And you'd have been real proud of me. I just smiled, and I, I thought, well, that's, that's wonderful. But you know what? I realized through that, number one, the Holy Spirit is within us, and He speaks to us, and He will tell you things that are contrary to what you think and who you are. But another thing I want you to understand, friends, is you and I are not the Holy Spirit, and God has not given us the assignment of straightening everybody else out. You see, God wanted to bring this individual to the point of that knowledge his own way. So I surrendered. Know that that you are a child of God. And how do you know? Because the Spirit is within you. Well, let me give you another way. Another thing that John wants us to know. He wants us to know that there are deceivers in the world. Now, now these are going to build on one another. But he wants us to know that there are deceivers in the world. And we pick this up in chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Notice false prophets. Not believing every spirit. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is already in the world. You see, child of God, John was saying, I want you to know that you're a child of God. And the way you know you're a child of God is because he's given you of his spirit... Now listen carefully now. And His Spirit is holy and pure and true and righteous and biblical. But John was saying, while I know, while I want you to know that you have the Holy Spirit, 
the spirit of truth in you, I also want you to know that there's a lot of deception in the world. There are false prophets in the world. There are antichrist in the world. And those spirits, all of them, will always resist the things of Christ. They will always stand up against the things of Christ. And he's saying, I want you to know that there are deceivers in the world. And now notice this. You have to put these two together. He says, and because we know there are deceivers in the world, I want you to test the spirits to see if they're of God. You see, if there's one Holy Spirit that leads us in the right direction and multiple spirits that want to lead us in the wrong direction, then we better be testing those spirits to see if they're right. To see if they line up with God's Word. Now, there are other ways to test the spirits. There may even be better ways to test the spirits, but I'm going to give you the simplest way you'll ever hear of testing the spirits. You want to know how to test the spirits today? You want to know how to walk out of here and just very simply, very quickly test every spirit to see if it's right? Here's the question. You just ask a question. Where is this spirit leading? Because you see, friends, when a spirit is dealing with you, where, whether it is a spirit that's just dealing with you personally and individually, or it's a spirit speaking to you through somebody else or some organization or some book or some ministry... When there is a spirit trying to lead you, ask that question, where is this spirit leading? Is this spirit leading me into that which is holy? Into that which is pure? Into that which is true? Into that which is biblical? Will this honor God? Will this be pleasing to the Lord? Or is this spirit leading me away from the things of God? Is it leading me away from the Word of God? And the truth of God. Where is this spirit leading? And friends, if you'll ask that question, it won't take you long to figure out whether it's a Holy Spirit or an unholy spirit. Let me state the obvious today. But I do ask you to listen anyway. Same-sex marriage. Abortion. Get all prayer and scripture out of the school system. Get God out of the marketplace completely. Get God out of the government completely. Develop tolerance for anything that's going on in the world. Bypass the covenant of marriage completely and just live together. I mean, after all, it's just a piece of paper. Maintain animosity and hatred between the races. Stay upset and angry about something all the time. Develop an obsession for the things of this world and the cures of this world. Establish a church that conveniently cuts out parts of the Bible and makes up its own rules. Do this. Accept all manner of blasphemy and vulgarity as a means of entertainment through television. Make fun of anybody and everybody who tries to live by God's Word. Now, I could go on, but you get the idea, don't you? You see, you see, friends, when we look at these things, the one thing we can be sure of, the one thing all these things have in common is 
The Holy Spirit's not leading in that direction. He's not going there. Now, I'll tell you something else that all of these things have in common. And that is that those who are involved in any of those things, if they'll turn to the Holy Spirit, He'll lead them out of those things. And He'll lead them to the truth and to the light. But you can just know that that's not where the Holy Spirit is leading. You see, there are deceivers out there, and we have to test the spirits. And one of the ways you identify the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit will always lead you, always lead you to embrace Christ and confess Him as Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit will always turn you toward the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit will always lead you to embrace that which is holy and pure and true and just and righteousness. Isn't this just the most sensible thing you've ever heard in your life? Think about this. The Holy Spirit will always lead you in that which is holy. Right? I mean, after all, He's not the compromising Spirit. He's not the accommodating Spirit. He's not the convenient Spirit. He's not the happy Spirit. He's not the politically correct Spirit. Spirit. What is He? He's the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. He's the Holy Spirit. And friends, I want to tell you that when you're a child of God, you can know it because the Holy Spirit lives in you. And you can test the spirits because when you ask the question, where is this Spirit leading? The discerning of the Holy Spirit within you will help you answer that question and you can identify things quickly. Where is this leading? I started learning how to bow hunt a few years ago and there's a saying among bow hunters, when in doubt, back out. And the first time I heard that, I thought, man, that applies to every area of life, doesn't it? When in doubt, back out. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Well, he wants us to know that we are children of God. He wants us to know that there are deceivers in the world. And then he wants us to know that we are overcomers. And and this takes us all the way down to verse 4. And this is my favorite part of the passage. It says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. It's important to think about the date and the timing when this was actually written. When John wrote this to the church, Christians were being persecuted, ostracized, beaten, imprisoned, exiled, martyred for their faith, fed to lions in the Colosseums, burned at the stake, crucified on crosses. They knew the whole terrible story of Christianity and what had happened to Christians from the beginning. It had only been a few short decades since Christ died on the cross and thousands had been killed mercilessly in the name of Christ. Or for the name of Christ. But John says you have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. Have you noticed that God's victory does not look like the world's victory? Doesn't look anything like the world's victory. I think somebody could have fired a letter back to John. What do you mean we are overcomers? We're being persecuted and isolated. Uh, We're being crucified. We're being killed. And yet you tell us we are overcomers? Well, you see, you have to understand what the Scripture is all about. 
You have to understand life itself. Friends, the greatest battle of the ages has never been fought on the battlefields of this world. The greatest battle of the ages is being fought on the battlefields of our heart. That's where it's always been fought. You see, friends, there is a mighty, there is a strong, there is a ruthless and a deadly enemy that's trying to deceive you and trying to destroy you. And there is a Savior who came from glory, died on a cross, and He's seeking to save you. You have an enemy that's trying to destroy you and a Savior who's trying to save you. And thus the battle of the ages rages in your heart. Listen carefully now. The moment you cry out to the Savior and ask Him to save you, you ask Him to forgive you, you run to Him for help, for hope, for shelter. The moment you wave a white flag and say not to the enemy of unrighteousness, but to the God of heaven who created you. The moment you wave a white flag and say, I surrender to you. I choose you, Lord Jesus Christ, for the rest of my life. The moment he captures your heart. At that moment, you have won the victory and you become an overcomer. Because he comes inside and he that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. By the way, friends, and this is important, you understand this. It has nothing to do with what's going on in the world around you. It has nothing to do with what's going on in your life. You see, in the eyes of the world, you may look like the biggest loser on the planet. But the moment he comes in. He that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. And that eternal hope comes into your heart. Oh, friends, John wanted us to know that we are children of God, that there are deceivers in the world. And he wanted us to know that we are overcomers. And then the last one, and I hope this will open your eyes just a little bit. The last one is he wanted them to know that we speak another language. Listen to this. Listen as I read verses 5 and 6. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You understand? He's saying we don't speak the same language anymore. You, you, You see... The world speaks the language of the world and they understand that. And the redeemed speak the language of heaven and they understand that. But the world can't understand the language of the redeemed. doesn't make sense. If you please, there are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of earth and the kingdom of heaven with two different languages. And the world doesn't understand our language anymore. You get around somebody that's never been saved, and you start talking about, oh, man, we got washed in the blood of Jesus, and, and the Holy Spirit came in, and, and all our sins and burdens were lifted off of us, and the Holy Spirit came in. Man, we could sense angels in our presence. And friends, they will look at you, and they will not have a clue what you're talking about. They, they may know the words, but they don't understand the language. They don't know the language of Zion. It doesn't make sense to them. 
It's a foreign language to them. And by the way, if you're getting frustrated because lost people don't understand you, I have to tell you they will never understand you until they meet the Savior that changed you and introduced you into the kingdom of God. That's the only thing that will ever open their ears where they can understand. Listen, if you have lost family members and lost friends and lost co-workers and they don't understand you, good. Because that means you're speaking a different language and they can't understand you. And John says they can't understand you. And you understand John says this is one of the ways we tell the difference between error and truth. Do you understand what he's talking about? How do you tell the difference between error and truth? How do you tell which one is which? What language are they speaking? When you're talking to somebody, ask yourself, what language are you speaking? Don't ask them. Ask yourself that. (laughs) They would think you're crazy. What language are you speaking? I saw a sign the other day. (laughs) I couldn't believe this. I saw a sign the other day. Here's what it said. It said, I'm a tree-hugging, flower-sniffing, animal-kissing, dirt-worshipper. I'm a tree-hugging, flower-sniffing, animal-kissing, dirt-worshipper. Well, we'll just... I don't know who wrote that, but find that person and start talking to them about the glorious things of God. They won't have a clue. They won't have a clue what you're talking about. Now, that's an extreme case, but you can understand the language. The language is going on here. That's, that's language of the earth. Now, let me quickly tell you that before I get in trouble, I love trees. I love trees. I love the way they look. I love what they do for us. You know, that whole oxygen thing. I mean, breathing's a big deal. I love trees. I'm not against trees. And by the way, I don't think you should cut a tree down. Unless you have to. By the way, I told a biologist one time, I said, I, I, I said, I want you to know I've settled the score. I said, I planted, and this is the truth, I said, I planted 7,000 trees the other day, so I now know I've planted more than I've cut down. He said, that's not the question. Have you planted more than you've used? I said, I'll go argue with somebody else. <laughs> I love trees, don't you? And by the way, flowers. What, what would this world be without flowers? I'm, I love flowers. I think they're beautiful. I think they're a gift from God. I think they serve an amazing purpose. I love trees. I love flowers. As far as the animal thing is, I can't help you there. Don't, don't kiss an animal. I could tell you why, but it wouldn't be appropriate from the pulpit. But just don't kiss an animal. That won't work. I'm a dirt worshiper. I love dirt, don't you? How many of you like to get your hands dirty? Oh, yeah, I like to work it. I like the smell of a freshly plowed field. I love the produce of the ground. Friends, I, I love trees. I mean, I, all of those things. I'm not against any of those things. But I can tell you today, I am not a tree-hugging, flower-sniffing, animal-kissing, dirt worshiper. I choose to worship the one who made the trees, who made the flowers, who made the animals, and who made the dirt, and who made us. And put us in charge of all of it. See, what, what is the language? Just listen. 
There's a difference in the language between the redeemed and the lost. Now, friends, I I honestly believe that we as Christians should be some of the best stewards on this temporary planet that God has given to us. I believe we should take care of the planet. I really do. But I want to tell you, friends, we are not of this world. We are not of this world. We are strangers. We are pilgrims who are passing through. We are. Our conversation is not of this world. And the world can't understand us. We speak a different language from that of this world. I, I love some of the old songs. I am a stranger here within a foreign land. My home is far away upon a golden strand. Ambassador to be of realms beyond the sea. I'm here on business for my king. See, friends, that's us. That's us. That's who we are. And, and how, how about this? The song, uh, my daughter used to sing this all the time. This world is not my home. I'm only passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And the angels, they beckon me from heaven's open door. And I just can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, friends. I, I am so thankful for this beautiful place that God has given us called earth. But it is not our home. And it is not our kingdom. And it is not our language. We speak another language. And the world does not understand it. And John is saying in this passage of Scripture, I've read it over and over again. John is saying in this passage of Scripture, I want you to know that you are a child of God. I want you to know that there are a lot of deceivers out there and you have to test the spirits. I want you to know that you're an overcomer. It may not look like it, but you're an overcomer if Jesus lives in your heart. And I want you to know that you speak a language that this world does not and cannot understand. And knowing all four of those things will make all the difference in the world in your Christian life as you grow in grace. Would you pray with me, please? Thank you again for listening to River of Life Podcast. If this message has touched you today, or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email at info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for more information and directions.